Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. Tony, I, my first reaction is just, fuck yes, let's go. Socks versus Detroit. That's, that's where it all starts. Because it all starts taking care of business in-house in the Central Division. That's right, I'm a meatball. You gotta bring that top button swag, baby. It is always great to beat the Cubs. And I'm a homer, so I always say they're gonna. Dallas Keiko Lampson got some beards that you should be afraid of. What everybody said when he gets out there, it's me versus the other guy, and I'm gonna beat him. So I just love that mentality. It's cool and fucking tough. Steve, Steve, would you say that Tony is mad online? I, I would definitely say that. The White Sox winner. Hello, White Sox fans. Welcome in. Johnny Nani here alongside Tony Marchese with the Sox on Tap postgame show discussing a White Sox 9-3 beatdown of the Minnesota Twins here on Tuesday, May 11th. Tony, first of all, first things first, crack them. Victory beers always taste so good. First one against the Twins this year. Cheers to many more, my friend. Cheers, Johnny. What a what an excellent win. Uh, what a great what a great baseball game today that we watched the White Sox play. I love the uh, the response they had to some early adversity in this one. I, I love beating the Minnesota Twins. I think that goes without saying, Johnny. I'm excited to break this one down with you. And and cheers, like you said, crack them. Uh, victory beers, like you said, do taste that much sweeter. Yeah, they, they always do taste sweeter. And, uh, you know, especially this is the first time we are playing uh, these Minnesota Twins this year in 2021. Um, obviously, a lot more condensed. Last year opened up against them, uh, this one. And it will be a little bit condensed this year as well uh, because we will play them in kind of a short amount of time. And then it gets uh, only a few series at the very end, tail end of the series. So, or excuse me, at the end of the season. So, uh, good to start it off on a uh, right foot here. Uh, first of all, my, my first number one since we are first game against the Twins. My first note, initial thoughts here, Tony, is fuck the Twins. Um, And one thing that I said to you uh, individually as we were talking today was that right now with the Twins being down and out as they are, uh, they are struggling, no doubt about it. It's been well documented, their early season struggles. Uh, But the White Sox needed to do as much as they could to mathematically widen this gap as much as humanly possible because the Minnesota Twins are way too talented to not go on a run in June, July, August, whenever it may be. Uh, and make up some of this ground, and you never know what the White Sox status will be then, if they have injuries or a slump or what have you. So I thought this was huge in setting the tone for that. I thought it was too, Johnny. And this goes back to you know our Shy Sox weekly days, man, where we've talked about this and we've preached this. you got to beat the teams in your division. Those games count more when it comes towards the playoff race. Uh, and the White Sox have had trouble with the Minnesota Twins over the past few years, Johnny, and they've always seemed to, I mean, it, it goes back even farther than that, Johnny. It almost feels like most of our our lives, the Minnesota Twins have always been there to kind of fuck things up. And I think that that's why we hate them a little extra. We hate them a little bit more. Uh, you know, it's, it's fun to go say Detroit sucks because they do. It, it's a different story when we're facing the Minnesota Twins. And, and we know that. They've just seemed to be that team that's been a thorn in our side. You know, I, I, the names just ring out, man. Like, I, I hate Torrey Hunter still mm-hmm. to this day. I mean, it's it's just the Minnesota Twins, man. You want to beat them. And, and wins like today, man, they just feel that much better. 
Yeah, they absolutely do, Tony. And, and you know what makes me feel even better is now the White Sox have the best record in the American League at 20 and 13 after tonight's win. Now, Boston and Oakland both have more wins at 22 and 15. But when you go by that winning percentage, who has the best record there? The White Sox are at there and obviously out of their control with some weather delays, postponements uh, that they have had uh, here, uh, you know, uh, kind of in the early going of things here. But I wanted to point that out. And now the Twins are 12 and 21, eight games back of the Sox in first. That goes back to the point that I made initially, and that is widening this gap as much as possible. So I love to see the Twins struggling. I love pouring it on them, but once again, I'm not writing them off because they are too talented to not go on a run at some point. So that just makes these games so much more important, uh, like we're about to get into here. Um, and then another one here is that you talk about the Twins being a thorn in the White Sox side for so long. And yeah, you know, kind of PTSD from your growing up days of, you know, yep. uh, the, the big names. And oh, yet the old Metrodome, too, seemed like I told Kins the other night, our guy Andrew Kinsler, that seems like Tory Hunter would rob like 10 home runs a year from the White Sox. Just seemed like that would be the case uh, up at the Metrodome. But even as soon as, as early as, um, 2019 Memorial Day Series. Remember, a four-game weekend set Thursday through uh, Sunday that they go up to Minnesota and get their asses handed to them. And grand, a little bit different state of the White Sox during that time, but still against a division rival, that just leaves a sour taste in your mouth. Uh, very nice to kind of get a little cleanse here uh, in the first meeting in 2021. It does, Johnny. And I think that that just sets the tone. I mean, this is the first time these two teams have faced each other. Um, the White Sox, uh, obviously a different team than we've seen uh, over the past two years. Last year, obviously, they played the Twins with just a little bit better, but they were still neck and neck. And the Minnesota Twins come out in, in this 2021 season and have just struggled to find their footing so far, despite even somewhat adding to their ball club, Johnny. Um, and the White Sox have been just plagued by injuries. We know it. We talk about Luis Robert, Eli Jimenez. Uh, you've seen Lance Lynn go down. There's been different injuries that have been about this ball club, but the Minnesota Twins are also beating up themselves. Uh, Buxton uh, is on the shelf right now, as well as their their top prospect and Alex Kurloff. Um, so you catch the Minnesota Twins at a good time here. You come out in this game today, Johnny, and the Twins started to do some of the same shit that they've done to the White Sox in the past. They jump out to a three-run lead here, Johnny. I think the most important thing in this ball game before we go and dissect things uh, inning by inning or play-by-play or play scoring play-wise, the, the thing that stood out to me the most was the White Sox response to what looked like a lackluster performance that led to some Minnesota runs. And White Sox teams past, you've seen a team fold under those underneath those circumstances. Tonight they battled back and they ended up shellacking the shit out of the Minnesota Twins in a game that could have gotten away from them. And I think that that's what's most important, and that's what makes the biggest statement. Yeah, and I think there needs to be kudos there in, in talking about the dynamics of how they got to that point, Tony, of being able to shut that down uh, and kind of not let it bleed, so to say, is the pitching and all from, you know, all the guys that were involved in those high leverage situations. Obviously, Dylan Cease and multiple of them. Uh, you had guys that came in after that in, uh, you know, Foster kind of uh, got himself into a little bit of a jam, but then uh, Crochet comes in, cleans up some mess. Uh, Cody Hoyer, uh, he, he comes into a little bit of a, uh, you know, situation where he 
he's able to uh, work himself out of something. And then Aaron Bummer, too, uh, looking solid as well, uh, which is extremely encouraging, uh, yes. especially after some of his early season blunders. So um, we're going to get into all of this, uh, run down how the scoring happened here. Uh, but before we do a little housekeeping here at ONTAP Sportsnet, make sure you're going and visiting our website at ONTAPSportsnet.com. Uh, that's where you can find all of our White Sox articles and uh, all of our articles about Chicago sports and all the other topics we cover in general there. ONTAPSportsnet.com is the place to go. And then uh, if you need White Sox merchandise, Grandstand Socks is the place to go. You can visit them online to shop there at GrandstandSocks.com and follow their social media at Grandstand Socks, uh, where they do post a lot of the cool new items and stuff that they have in stock there. So go and make sure you're following them at Grandstand Socks on social media. So, Tony, let's break into this one here. And it was the top of the second when the scoring would start. Polanco with a one-out solo shot makes it 1-0. Twins. Uh, and then after that, um, it would kind of be a string of uh, Dylan Cease's command a little bit here. He does kind of adversity that you talked about aforementioned. Uh, Larnack uh, walks and then a uh, fly ball down the line uh, between Grandal and Mancata. They're not able to corral that thing there. Uh, Estudillo singles and sing, uh, excuse me, Simmons singles as well. Uh, Rotvert with a hit by pitch that makes it 2 0. Um, there would be a sack fly by Arias to make it 3 0 here, but luckily Madrigal cuts down Simmons to, at third on the relay here. Uh, but either way, down 3 0 in the top of the second here. And this is kind of the point that you had mentioned earlier. You're like, oh shit, like, is this team going to let it slip away or are they going to respond here? And obviously, we know the answer ultimately, but after this, uh, it's still feeling a little uneasy, a little queasy in the stomach, I would say. Yeah. And I think what's, what's really disappointing is. For a second there, you, you get a great first inning out of Dylan Cease, uh, an inning that uh, you love to see from a guy that uh, has been patched up by the Minnesota Twins uh, in the first two innings uh, in previous starts before Johnny. Um, and you just want to see him come out and dominate and continue to do what he's doing because he's been such a great story this year for this ball club. Um, you want to see him continue down that path. And you get into the second inning and all – all sorts of health starts to break loose on you. It just feels like anytime games go that route, you know, with the, those same narrative lines, like the Dylan C second inning or, or big inning he gives up, uh, that just derails the team. Um, you, you don't want to go down that path. And it felt for a minute there, Johnny, like I'm having flashbacks. This is deja vu mm -hmm. of, you know, 2019, 28 or 2020, 2018, those types of things. Th those memories live on in White Sox fans' minds, Johnny. And I think that that's what just kind of exemplifies it, makes you get a little bit scared. That yeah, crazy feeling. An inning like that is certainly one that um, would be uh, like those years past, like you had just mentioned there. But uh, luckily, the White Sox would answer right back in the bottom of the second. Uh, Jose Abreu leads off with the single. Yerman Mercedes walks. And then, Tony, you know I had the wardrobe ready. Yasmani Grandal. Three-run shot. Right field. Let's, let's go to the let's moon. Just, let's, just, let's just talk about how much, number one, I love fireworks. And I've got to crack them for the fireworks. Got to crack them for the fireworks. Cheers. I said this Saturday night, Johnny, we were talking uh, with uh, I was talking with Buzz on the show and uh, we got into a little bit of the Grand Isle discussion um, and where I was with this. I talked about the importance of getting on base and I've seen some stuff going back and forth on Twitter. I'm sure you have as well. A lot of people want to criticize Yasmani Grand Isle because he's not swinging the bat. Ozzie Guillen's one of them. He did it on the postgame show. Um, you know, he wants to see him swing the bat a little bit more. 
You've got the other camp. You've got Jordan Lazowski over there at Zox on 35th, who every time Yasmani Grandal walks, asks why we like Yasmani Grandal. I love that bit. That's a good bit because he gets on base. I love the movie. I love the I love the uh, the undertones to that one. But the thing with Yasmani Grandal, Johnny, that that I'm at, I'm at is I love seeing him take the walks. Add add the hitting piece. Add what you saw tonight. You've got the complete package. You've got it right there, and he has the ability to do exactly what he did tonight, and that just makes the lineup that much more dangerous. He's he's a more complete player than Zach Collins. He's got the he's he's got the talent, man. He was the big free agent signing. There's a reason he's here. Yeah. Yep. You yeah. saw it on display tonight, and how sexy was it, Johnny? How sexy oh, was it? I, I dude, I was going nuts. I, I was, I was still out to eat at that point, and the, you know, I apologize to no one in, in the restaurant that I was at, the local establishment that I was at. Uh, but luckily, a lot of Sox fans there, so they were cheering alongside me. So, um, excellent to see. And like you said, uh, just, just the pop, the power that's there. And you know, Zach Collins can put the ball out of the ballpark as well. We saw it over the weekend in Kansas City. But hey, you let you get Yasmani Grandal hot, and there you go. That is a huge. Huge, huge supplement to the losses that you've had there uh, in Luis Robert and Eloy Jimenez in the power department, man. Dude, I was looking back on, because I, I was looking for some like merchandise, some Yasmani Grandal specific merchandise, very similar to the headband that I have here. But uh, just going back through some of his Twitter posts, and like there was like some stats from like his 2019 Brewers days that were just ridiculous uh, about some of the stretches that he went on. So you get him going on one of those stretches here for the White Sox in 2020. Are, building on what they've already done so far. And obviously, you know, like there's been some tumultuous times early on in the season, but overall, I think we can all sit back and be like, damn, like, you know, the record that I listed off earlier, best in the AL uh, right now is in win percentage uh, at the 20 and 13 mark there. Uh, you, you get him going there. And then Jose Abreu, another guy who we have still yet to get to here in this post game show, Tony. And uh, yeah, I think that is a recipe for uh, success for the White Sox and a uh, cause to fear uh, for the rest of the league. So, uh, this is where we were at in the bottom of the second here. Uh, the, that would be, um, you know, like I mentioned, a 3-3 tie after this. Uh, unfortunately, Vaughn thrown out at home uh, to kind of wrap up that inning. But either way, I think the send was uh, still warranted there. Next scoring would not come until the bottom of the six until uh, – the other guy that I mentioned there, uh, oh, Mr. Former MVP, Jose Abreu, coming up after a Moncada one-out walk. Uh, he launches one to left field after earlier uh, in the game, kind of sending one out to right center that got robbed. Nice play by Max Kepler. Uh, kind of questionable. Well, would have gotten out, would have not. Uh, I think Kepler needed to make the play regardless. Uh, but And this one made no doubt. Puts it out to left center. And this is the game-winning hit tonight, Tony. Just your casual, everyday MVP shit, Johnny. Jose Abreu, man. Like, there's nothing There's nothing more there than just MVP shit. He walks it. He talks it. He does it. It gets done. Jose Abreu, when he goes, this team goes. And you saw it again tonight, man. And, and there's nothing too special about it. It's not overstated. It's just your casual, everyday MVP shit. You know what I love, too, is the reaction in the dugout when he came back in, and that was him and Frank Menachino embracing. And uh, they had a moment there, and you could tell that was kind of like a, hey, this is might be something that we talked about in the cage or whatever uh, in pregame warm-ups or something like that. And it was executed on the field, and you could tell how excited they both were for that. Yeah, I, I love it. He's, a, he's just a hard worker, Johnny. And I, I think that that's what – 
you know, you've seen the, the the promo videos coming out from the White Sox of, of him working with guys like Eloy, Luis Robert, Yohan Moncada, all these guys that look up to him as a leader. Those are those intangibles. You know he's working towards stuff. He didn't have the, the April that he wanted to. He didn't have the April fans wanted him to. But he's still come through for this team in multiple spots and, and put up, uh, you know, game-winning hits, Johnny. And that's that's what you expect out of Jose Abreu at this point in time in the middle of that lineup. I mean, he, he's your MVP, so MVP shit, as you just mentioned there. Uh, that, that that is uh, that's huge. So um, uh, as we move along in this one, uh, the the White Sox would strike more uh, in the bottom of the seventh when things kind of uh, unraveled a little bit for the Minnesota Twins here, uh, and that was Vaughn with the leadoff walk of. Garcia sacking him over to uh, second and Billy Hamilton being the pinch runner after Vaughn had got on. Uh, he uh, swipes third and uh, Madrigal pops out. But Timmy coming through clutch, uh, kind of really getting around on an inside pitch, putting it out to left field to make it six to three. And then uh, we see a play, Tony, and we need to elaborate on this because this is the kind of shit the White Sox would do against the Twins and it would cost us. and We'd all be embarrassed as White Sox fans. Now it is so nice to talk about this. And one, you know, slander the twins and then two, let their fans be embarrassed about it because yes. Adam Eaton sends a ball out to right field as a blooper. I think it would have dropped in for a single regardless, but uh, either way, uh, you get garlic out there misplaying it, diving past it. Polanco, when he tries to pick it up, uh, is kind of all sort of uh, discombobulated, can't field it, and uh, Eaton gets a third on this one, and the White Sox would tack on. Uh, you know, uh, excuse me, they, they would wait until next day to tack on another one. But uh, either way, uh, it just looked ugly. It was an ugly play. And I love the Summer of George gift that he put out. Uh, it was the Twister one. It looked like that's what it looked like they were doing. So they had three guys there, uh, Kepler, Garlic, and Polanco all out there uh, kind of playing Twister with each other. So uh, just talk about how nice this is uh, to, to see this happen uh, for a opponent instead of against, you know, for the White Sox. You know, it brings just such a smile to my face, man. Just watching it, it just brings a smile to my face watching them be the ones that look like the clown show. That that's that's all it is. It's 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 just fun to watch because you're right, man. This was us for so long, and now it's them. And it, it, man, it just it just feels good to be on the other side of it, but also to know that like you still won the game without them screwing up. Like this was just insult to injury. Yeah, and most definitely there. And like you said, the winning runs were already across the uh, plate at this point. But either way, I think this was huge in that it made the situations coming up for the relievers less high leverage here. Oh, yeah, um, insurance it, runs are cool and tough. Yeah, it, exactly. So we'll get into the pitching in, in a little bit here. I'll just one more on the White Sox, uh, adding on a couple more. Uh, and that was in the bottom of the eighth. You get a Lurie Garcia RBI single after uh, some guys have gotten on with the Brayu leadoff hit by pitch and Mercedes single. Um, and then you get Madrigal um, with an RBI single as well to make it 9-3. to three. That's how all the scoring would unfold in this one. But uh, I think it's important to get to the pitching in here. Um, let's talk about Dylan Cease first five innings five hits, three earned runs, two walks, seven strikeouts total. Um, I believe that was the final line here for uh, Mr. Dylan C. So um, what did you like from uh, and how did you like his response to a little bit of adversity in this one? Love the response to it. Love the start to this game. Um, I think this is the Dylan Cease that uh, if, if you don't have his his best shit, this is, this is slightly the tier under it for you. Um, <clears throat> 
I love, like you said, the response, man. I think that that's the most important thing for him is to just keep that confidence because he knows right now that his shit can play at the MLB level. And he's so dangerous. That curve tonight, man, just looked absolutely filthy in so many different spots. He's got the tools to be a guy that can go six innings, seven innings in a, in a major league game and be effective because he has that type of arsenal, Johnny. You even see it when he doesn't have his secondary stuff. He's still so effective that it's just he, – he's a guy that has the potential, I think, to be above what he is in this rotation right now. And when you put it together like he has so far early this year, you're going to get just great returns from the back end of your rotation. Kim, Kim Chi Sale coming in here. He made Simmons look silly. He made a lot of guys look silly tonight. Yeah. He even got Cruz out in the first on a filthy pitch. So it's it, it, there's there's so much talent there. I don't think he's got the stuff to be a refined number one, number two guy, Johnny. But right now, you get what you get out of him and the offense works. We talk about recipes for success. That's one right there. It's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be dominant every single time. But when you can overcome that with a little bit of offensive output and you get you know five solid innings and maybe one shaky one and you can use the defense to minimize the damage, that that's all you need out of Dylan C's for right now. Yeah, and just kind of building on kind of Sal's comment here, he said, yes, we made Andrew, Andrew Tilton Simmons look extremely silly uh, there, and that was in the top of the fourth. Uh, you know, he, he strikes out the side there and just absolutely ugly swings by both uh, Estradillo and Simmons there, obviously Simmons being the kind of sword one that ends up on pitching Ninja there. So, yes, thank you, Sal, for that comment. I did want to touch on that. But also an extremely nice changeup uh, against Polanco to get out of the top of the fifth because, you know, the fourth, like I mentioned, was a strike out of the side. So that was nice, uh, you know, clean inning there but in the fifth it faced a little adversity uh after Arias leadoff single he did get Donaldson to strike out but then Cruz singled uh and then you got a guy uh in Kepler that grounds into a force at second uh and you got guys in second and third after a steal and Polanco uh getting him to strike out on a changeup, especially there I think that was huge as well so I think that closes the book on Dylan Cease like you mentioned uh already read off his line there uh gets a no decision in tonight's game but still uh and nice to see even with kind of the a shit not completely there, uh, still being able to beat a team like the Minnesota Twins. And despite their record, as I had mentioned earlier in the show, they're better than that, uh, just talent level-wise. So uh, I think we can all at least acknowledge that as White Sox. Yep. And as much as we like to dump on them, we know that, that why why do we why do we care so much? Why are we so like invested against them? Because we know good. they're good. Yes. We, we, they we know their division good. last year. They won the division the year before. We know they are. And yeah, yep. sure, the standings right now might not reflect that, but uh, we, we know that. So I just wanted to kind of get into that. Um, Matt Foster, a little bit of rough go uh, out for him. Uh, you know, he gets in to start the six, uh, gets himself into a little bit of trouble. But luckily, Tony Garrett Crochet is in to save the day. Comes in with one out, uh, first and third in the six, uh, completely shuts the door on these guys. Uh, and that was with. Uh, you know, a Garver fly out. So he got that induced that and then extremely nice slider to walk off the mound. How cool is that? Fear the mustache on that Arias K. Yeah, fear the mustache. Garrett Crochet working on a mustache. We determined it before we got on the show. Garrett Crochet could be the mustache reliever guy or just mustache guy for this team uh, that it's so desperately lacking. Uh, mustache guy coming through. The velocity's back. He had that little stint on the IL. We've been talking about it uh, just within our own circles that he didn't look right to start this year. 
I've been wondering if he's got some lingering effects from from whatever happened uh, in Oakland or, or prior to that uh, from last season. But the velocity was a tick up tonight. Uh, Garrett Crochet looked absolutely lethal. And he's got the mustache working for him. Look out, AL Central. That's all I've got to say. I love that. Let's move into Cody Hoyer uh, in to start seventh. Um, he he records two outs in this one. Uh, you know, uh, he gets his Cruz had a one out single. Kepler flew out after that, and then Polanco singled, uh, and that brought Aaron Bummer into the game here. So uh, not not terrible from Cody Hoyer, but also you need Aaron Bummer to come in and clean this up. Uh, this is something that uh, on Friday night's post game show, Steve and I were on that together, and we were talking about a very nice outing from. Aaron Bummer, and we were talking about stringing these together, getting these consistently, and this is huge, having Aaron Bummer come in and absolutely shut the door here, uh, and that was, you know, despite a Madrigal error, uh, because Garlic uh, hit a ground ball to second base, and Madrigal had the little bobble, so uh, luckily, um, Astro, excuse me, uh, yeah, Astrodillo, after that, a little uh, swing happy, and goes after the first pitch and grounds out Tim Anderson uh, on that one, but then Aaron Bummer, with the one, two, three, no bullshit uh, inning after that comes in, so he, what do you have, one and a third uh in the squad so uh did, thoughts on uh bummer here uh because ruiz would come in lock it down in the low leverage situation like we uh mentioned the offense afforded him so uh, i think bummer is the more point of focus here yeah uh you know aaron bummer is such a key to this bullpen i, I talked about it a little bit with buzz as well saturday night that uh, tony rusa has multiple options that he can go to um, you've got the Evan Marshall route. You've got the Aaron Bummer route. You've got the Michael Kopech route. When all three of those are working, this bullpen is going to be as dangerous as we thought it was. Um, and and uh, just to rehash everything, when you have to start burning guys uh, from from multiple uh, routes uh, to get to that ninth inning, Liam Hendricks, or as Jose Ruiz has become the ninth inning mop-up man, which I love that role for him, Johnny. I, I think that mm-hmm. it's, it, it fits him very well. He's got the stuff to get it done, and you don't have to use a premium arm in a ninth inning. Um, that that's that's perfect for Jose Ruiz. On the flip side, he could be your, uh, you know, blowout game. You know, you're trying to waste one, but I don't see the White Sox playing in so many of those. So you still do need that guy to mop up some innings. Just on the opposite side, Johnny, from what we're used to. Uh, but Aaron Bummer, man, if he's effective. He, he might be that number two best reliever in your bullpen, uh, pure stuff-wise, Johnny. I mean, that, that, that movement on that slider is just absolutely wicked. And it can put hitters away uh, so easily uh, when it's on. When it's automatic, man, it's automatic. Yeah, it's nasty. It's that's nasty, losing Brown that's, Boys. That, there's, that's... there's there's nothing to even describe it, yeah. dude. Like I don't even I feel bad for teams that have to like come in game one and know that like you might get Michael Kopech out of the bullpen. And then game two, you're probably getting Aaron Bummer. Like that that should scare you. I agree. Um, uh, one point that we need to talk about here with uh, another, uh, you know, thank you to Sal uh, for the comment, White Sox Sal. Like TLR bullpen management tonight, um, I loved it. I'll go as far as say that. I loved it, and I thought it was absolutely perfect, and I think he deserves some praise from it because uh, we might be the only ones who will ever give it to him, Tony. Mute. Muted. There was nothing to complain about from TLR tonight, Johnny. Nothing. Nothing at all. And I thought the bullpen management was absolutely flawless. I guess I was commenting on it right there with uh, his use of Ruiz in the ninth. I, I, no complaints. 
I just think the, you know, decisions to go away from uh, Foster after you realize you didn't have it. Um, And then also uh, with Bummer uh, there, you know, yeah, sure. Hoyer is a capable arm, but, you know, you come in and you get the sure thing uh, with Aaron Bummer there. Um, I I agree. And I think that it was excellent. And I love the bullpen management from Tony LaRusso tonight. So um, I I will give some props there. Um, uh, Overall here, though, um, you know, it just feels good to beat the Twins. I think that's, you know, first and foremost, first time we're seeing them this year. I got two more against those guys coming up, and we'll preview this game, too, here uh, in a second. But um, final thoughts from this game, Tony. Um, Nice to kind of flip the grip on the twins uh and not be the uh you know <laughs> feels like we've been on the other side of too many of these that's my bottom line yeah we have we definitely have uh i think the uh the resilience the ability to battle back in a game where you're down early uh when your opponent puts up a crooked number uh the ability to get out of that inning with a great defensive play cutting a runner down at third base uh come back out there um you've got your mvp doing mvp shit uh, this team's firing on what seems like all cylinders, even though they're beaten up right now, Johnny. And they, they, they're not unbeatable. Absolutely not. They're not an unbeatable team. You're gonna lose. You're gonna lose games over the course of a season. But you start winning games like this, where it could have easily gone in a, in a totally different direction. When you're sitting there early on in a game, your starters struggling in the second against a team like the Minnesota Twins, if you said it has that type of talent to beat you, um, the, the resilience and the ability to battle back, that's a mentality thing that's very encouraging from a young team and a team that's hot right now to not just pack it in because um, a lot of different things could have gone a lot of different ways tonight. and It could be a totally different game that we're talking about, but this team was able to battle back, get themselves in the lead, and then just you know continue to kick this team when they're down, and I think that kick that's them. so important, so important, Johnny. Yeah, kick yeah. them when they're down. A new ACDC track, right? You kick them. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wanna... kick kick them while they're down. Absolutely. That's what, down. that's what when we when we do the wrap up on Wednesday of this series, we want to be able to title that episode "Kick Them While They're Down" and with a sweep yes. of the Minnesota Twins. So good start tonight uh, with that. Another point for that hellacious effort is what I would describe for all the reasons that you Absolutely. mentioned. And then number three, Yaz Money Grandal. Welcome back, baby. Love to see you uh, getting there uh, with a long ball out to right uh, to kind of tie you know tie this game up in the second inning there. So uh, hopefully that is the start of a little bit of a hot stretch. But if not, keep getting on base, baby. Uh, if it ain't working for you at the plate, you know some sometimes it takes a little bit. Sometimes you're just in a bit of a rut uh, when it comes to hitting, seeing the ball, uh, driving it to gaps, uh, which he needs to do, obviously, because he's not a speed guy. He's not beating out infield singles like Tim Anderson or Nick Madrigal. Last question Uh, I have on this, Johnny. Like, for all the people who don't want him to walk, do they want him to strike out? Like, is that the is that the alternative? No, they want him to get hit, so I understand their I understand their plight too. I totally no, get I, it, I get that. I get that. A, I get that can, as well. The, but. the thing is, Yasmani Grandal on I believe it was Saturday night still added at least two plus win probability without getting a hit, and that was with his eyes and with a sack fly. So it's like there's still some value there. And like you see the OBP there. So um, obviously you saw it it much greater tonight when you hit one out of the ballpark, that adds way more uh, than that. But I'm just saying uh, it, you know, it it can still come in multiple avenues there. The stat line looks weird now, Johnny, but when over the course of your baseball watching career has a stat line that looks just absolutely like video game ask ever been sustainable over the course of a full season. One of two things. One of two things will happen here. The walk rate will come down, and he's going to look absolutely fucking terrible. 
or the batting average is going to come up and yeah. he's going to look fucking phenomenal. That's yeah. th- those are those are the options there. I'll take I'll take the the latter there as being the the more the likely most, option. Most, to be honest yeah, the you. more likely option. Yeah. So I like that. We can wrap that up here tonight. Once again, White Sox defeat the Twins 9-3 to to open the series here on Tuesday, May 11th. As we're moving into Game 2 of this series, it will be Wednesday, May 12th, 7, 10 p.m. Central Time start on NBC Sports Chicago, where you can stream and watch on TV. Uh, as we get into the matchup here, it is J.A. Happ, a lefty, going for the Twins against Dallas Keuchel, another lefty uh, for the White Sox. But we know the story, uh, the kind of timeline, and it is very well warranted, uh, worth all of the hype uh, that the White Sox destroy lefties, and they'd done it all of last season, uh, early on in this season for the most part, outside of one Mike Minor start uh, against the Sox early on uh, in this 2021 campaign. Uh, Sox are, you know, entering today, uh, 295-370-465 slash line with a 137 weighted runs created plus uh, against left-handed pitchers. Tony, I foresee that happening and, you know, continuing on that trend tomorrow because the White Sox just crush lefties just flat out. You know, there, if there's something that the, the White Sox know they like, if there's one thing that they're they're confident in, it's that they want a lefty on the mound. So th- this is Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off before I hand it off, but this is one area where we need to say this is a very positive hashtag that's a White Sox thing. Yes. That's so White Sox in the White Sox crushing left-handed pitching. Yes, it is. I think they've only had one loss over like two years against left-handed starting pitchers. Unreal, just unreal stats. And again, I go back to things that uh, may not seem or may not be sustainable over the course of a of a baseball season. That that was one of them that that was last year and still has been this year sustainable for the White Sox to compete against left-handed pitching and just dominate it. Um, the lineup just mashes that way, Johnny. I'm not going to mess with things that are are working. I, I don't know what the magic is here. To tell you the truth, I don't know what the magic is, but I wouldn't bet against them tomorrow. No, I, I wouldn't either. Uh, and I would, you know, I'm getting early into this, but um, I, I would go a guy like Tim Anderson, someone who can feast off of it yeah. as a right-handed hitter. Jose Abreu, another one, yep. obviously had a home run tonight. Um, so I would go Tim Anderson here for my very early uh, pick to click here. Uh, let's get yours out since we're doing this right away. You know, what's really funny too, Johnny, is that I prefer Yohan Moncada and Yasmani Grandal on the left side of the plate, which means you've got a righty on the mound. And that's where I feel like they're the most optimal. And then the White Sox just seem to beat lefties. That's what's weird to me. That's what's really weird to me. So every time I hear lefty on the mound, I try and stay away from Yohan Moncada just because I think the left-handed bat drop just might be more sexy than the right-handed home run from either of those guys. There's just something about a left-handed hitter. Maybe it's the Ken Griffey Jr. effect. Not sure exactly what it is. but That's definitely it. I'm going to go with Yoan Moncada tomorrow. Yeah. I want to see him put one either in a gap or, you know, the right-handed 
home run. Well, you, you know what I think the thing is, too, and we're talking about picks to click overall is that, you know, a left-handed hitter, you, excuse me, a left-handed pitcher to start uh, for the uh, opponent is that you assume that the White Sox will hit them fairly well and get that guy out of the game. And then if there's a righty reliever in, boom, there you go. That's uh, Yohan Mankata flipping around to the left That's side of the plate. Too. So there's there's multiple moving factors here at play. So I think that, you yes. know, wraps up that. Um, but other than that, D- Dallas Keuchel, let's talk about him real quick. Uh, it's going to have to be a lot of ground balls because, you know, we saw Dylan Cease able to get some strikeouts in some key spots tonight against some, you know, dangerous hitters. So it's not undermine the talent of individual talent of some of these guys, even if their team is not putting it all together uh, for the Minnesota Twins. Um, but Dallas Keuchel is going to have to get ground balls because what he strike out one in his last outing against Cincinnati, um, you are absolutely going to need to, one, keep the ball on the ground, and two, uh, make sure those are recording outs. Yeah, put the ball in play and just let the defense behind you do their job. This is going to be, I think, a little bit closer than what we saw tonight, Johnny, Uh, but I still do think the White Sox will come out on top on this one uh, via out uh, uh, an offensive output that – is, again, above five runs. I think the White Sox offense will will come out, score six runs, give Dallas some run support. But I think Minnesota is going to be able to to strike a little bit more than they did tonight, probably Mm -hmm. put up three or four uh, runs against the White Sox. And we're going to have to go into the bullpen and and continue to be strong in that area too because – uh, you know, I think Dallas might get six, seven out of it. It'd be really nice if we can get that seven, eight mark out of him and just use the defense, pit, keep the pitch count low and, and save that bullpen as much as you can. Yeah, uh, utilizing the defense, I think, is huge there. So good point on that. Um, as we've kind of uh, run down all of our points here uh, from a strategic and uh, matchup standpoint, uh, we need to get into fun stuff. And I will be out at the game tomorrow night, so I can't wait. Uh, first time back for this homestand. Can't wait. First game against the Twins this year. Uh, I will love to be. I will be back in 149, my normal uh, kind of section uh, where I'm at. So I'll be out there if you're out uh, at the ballpark. And in that area, uh, hit me up on Twitter at Nani Johnny. Um, definitely uh, meet up for a beer or some shit like that. Would definitely love to do that. But uh, other than that, my dad and I, we have been at two games this year where Yerman Mercedes has hit absolute friggin' bombs out to left. Um, <laughs> we're going to be there again tomorrow night. That's combo going. I can foresee that. I didn't use him as my pick to click. Uh, I think Tim Anderson uh, at the top of the lineup, I think uh, he'll get me I mean, the quantity. You can get, get down me. there and put some secondary, some he'll, secondary pick to click going on. Yeah, uh, he'll yeah. So I'll still stick with TA as my overall uh, pick to click here. But man, your Mercedes, uh, I would not be shocked to see him rock one out of the ballpark, perhaps you know, onto the concourse, perhaps onto the Dan Ryan. Who knows? You know, he he's gonna put one on the Dan Ryan at some point, just because it's the Yerminator. Yeah, dude, the the home runs that we were we witnessed were. The home opener, which obviously everybody knows that was a huge one. The atmosphere was electric. Uh, and then the one in the early innings of the Carlos Rodon no-hitter against the Cleveland Indians. Um, we, we were there live for both of those. So, I mean, the mojo is back in the ballpark. Uh, you know, just got to ride the vibes at that point. Those might be the two most, like, loudest moments that I've heard, at least from the television mm-hmm. this year from – any White Sox game. I, you know what I love about those is I was standing up, high fiving my dad, and got to. So I turned to him because he sits to the right of me in where our seats were. So I stood up as soon as I, you know, as soon as he hit it, I knew it was gone just off the sound. Stood up, 
turned to the right, high-fived my dad, and then looked back and was still able to see it land. So that's what I'm expecting tomorrow from Yerman. Just absolute moonshots. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll give you the secondary on Yerman there. I hope he comes through. I want to see him continue to mash and just continue the, the great storylines that this team's had. But, Johnny, I think the White Sox do come out with a win tomorrow if I'm given a, an early prediction. I think you're going to get about a 6-5 victory for the White Sox tomorrow. Yeah, I'd love to see it. I'd be in person. So I uh, w- would also love to see that I would predict a win, too. I'll go maybe a little lower. I'll go 5-4. I'll go How about that? Uh, we're right in that same range there. But, yeah, uh, I could definitely foresee uh, both of those outcomes uh, coming out of tomorrow night's game, that being Wednesday, May 12th. So, Tony, um, I don't got anything else here uh, at Sox on Tap. Um, last thing is make sure you go to ontapsportsnet.com for all Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter at Sox on Tap and at ONTAP Sportsnet. Uh, if you're looking for White Sox merchandise, make sure you are going to Grandstand to get that. That's uh, at GrandstandSox.com to shop online and following them on social media at GrandstandSox, where they post a lot of their new gear uh, and merch that comes in. So, Make sure you go and following them at Grandstand Sox uh, and stopping in there after a game right over there, right by the ballpark. So, uh, Tony, great to beat the Twins here. Uh, get off on the right foot against the Central yes. Division opponents. Uh, widen the gap, um, you know, kick their ass. That's always good. Uh, and kick them while they're down, even more so, um, because they are the struggling, flailing team right now. Let's not let them get back on track versus us. Uh, it would be, you know, it, it would be – White Sox would still be in a good spot, but it would be deflating if the Twins took the next two games. So uh, I want to continue to bury them while they're down, uh, and I hope that that is able to happen tomorrow night, especially against the left-handed pitcher. Uh, all signs point to yes for that, but yes. uh, the game still needs to be played on the field, so um, that's about all I've got here. White Sox forever. White Sox forever.